an eargasm of learning, and a no-fuss show. Welcome to the Creative Talk Podcast, where you can learn straightforward topics about branding, digital entrepreneurship, online business, and many more with your charming host, John Santos, along with inspiring entrepreneurs, creators, and thought leaders worldwide. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creative Talk Podcast with me, John Santos. And today, we have a very special guest. I am excited to learn about this topic because our guest for today is best-selling AI consultant. There you go. Artificial intelligence expert. Want to learn about, you know, the rise of Skynet? <laughs> and I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's all welcome Jonathan Green. Welcome to the show, my friend. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Some of my favorite topics, so I'm excited. Yeah, thank you. I, I said this off scam, my friend, and I'm going to say it again. It is a blessing to have you on the show it is a blessing to learn from someone like you who is very, very in the core of our topic. So again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for being with us in the show, my friend. I'm excited to be here. All right. So um, before we jump into our topic for today, I know our listeners and viewers are excited to know, you know, what or who inspired you to be in this position you are right now. Tell us your story, my friend, the, 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 the name behind the brand, the floor is yours. Yeah, I mean, my motivation really is my kids. I had success early on when I started my business about 12 years ago, 14 years ago. And when you hit success really fast, you start to coast. So I got like everyone does a little bit lazy, but when I started having kids, that motivation came back and that's why I just work 10 times harder because it's about giving them a better life than I had. So that really is the centerpiece of my motivation. It's why I put in those hours. Wow. Wow. Well, um, let me, let me just interject. Um, where, where, cause, cause clearly you're very passionate about AI. And, and I was like, for everyone on TikTok, I, I was like, uh, I joined his live stream, Jonathan's live stream a while ago on, on LinkedIn. And he was like talking uh, about you know back in the day and, and and AI, where did the 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 passion, the fascination started? The floor is yours, my friend. Sure. So the passion for AI, I've dabbled in AI for about three or four years, but most AI tools for the past few years were just okay. They weren't really usable. They were basically a toy or a game. You could never use it for your work. You would never take something written by an AI and publish it on your blog unless you want people to think it was bad because it was unreadable. But it was great for a rough draft. So you could get an idea, you get a blog outline, and you could build from that. So it would save you time when used correctly. When ChatGPT 3.5 came out a little over a year ago, everything changed. For the first time, I saw content written by an AI that was readable, that was not trash. And I watched a lot of people putting out a lot of tutorial videos about how to do different things with AI. And I was like, I could do this better than that. I could, there's an easier way. And that's what inspired me. You're just realizing that I have a natural affinity for the way AIs think because they're based, I feel like they're programmed modeled on the way I see the world. I said, oh my gosh, they built a tool that thinks the way I think. So I have this simpatico advantage and that's how I got good fast. And from there, I realized not everyone thinks the same way I do. So I can take the shortcuts I've developed and just share them with people. That's really all it's been. And that's where it started from was just going, oh, you know what? I'm already a natural teacher. I'm very good at this. Because for a long time, the first six months, I was just using AI to grow my business. Right. And then people were like, will you show me what you're doing? Will you teach me? Will you share me? And, oh my gosh, I guess this 
can be really helpful to people. So I really pivoted in that direction. Wow. I have a lot of questions. Um, I was invited in an entrepreneurial um, summit and one of the, well, it's not a topic, one of the focus was, you know, the, the rise of AI. Um, and it's funny, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of creators, um, they tend to be on in the category of being afraid because of the rise of AI that, that might, you know, take them out of the equation. And, 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 you know, to fast forward, they're like thinking of, you know, crazy Terminator, <laughs> you know, rise of the machines and everything. But but let, let's not focus on that. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that again later. Let's focus on, you know, the good thing. You mentioned earlier that a lot of people know this and they were asking how do you do your business in connection to AI? How does AI helps you? So let's make it the, the main focus in today's episode. Why should every entrepreneur start using AI tools? The floor is yours, my friend. There's two reasons. There's two advantages to using AI. The first is it makes you faster. Every single task, the faster you do it, the more results you get. So if it makes you 12.5% faster, not a crazy number, that number means every day you finish work at 4 p.m. instead of 5 p.m. It means you never come home after dark. You never miss your kids' sports games. You never miss a practice. Imagine how much different your life would be if you were suddenly working instead of a 40-hour work week, a 35-hour work week. It's like you're French. Yeah. That's the benefit. And the other option is you go, you know what? I'm still going to work eight hours a day. Well, now you can get an entire extra day's work of work done, right? You get that extra five hours of work so you can invest that in your business. So I've always taught that you want to generate revenue and use that revenue from like client work or time-related work to then build up your passive revenue stream. Right, right. So that's that big advantage is you, oh, I have this extra time. I All the time you save, you could spend building your own business. Mm. The second advantage is technology. The barrier to entry for online marketing has dropped to the floor. All of the things that were so hard a year and a half ago are now easy. When I started out, to build a landing page, a one-page website that just had a picture of my book, four bullet points and a little box for you to enter your email address would take me an entire workday to build, eight hours. Right. Now, I can do that in one to two minutes with modern software. So tools have lowered the barrier to entry everywhere. And what AI does is every single thing you don't know how to do, here's what you do. You go to ChatGPT, you go to ChatGPT. I'm trying to do this right. with this software. Here's a link to their FAQ page or all of their instructions, right? Tell me what to do step by step. And now you have a translator because we've all been to a page where someone's instructions there, we get confused. Yeah. Now you have this ability to have a, this superpower there that gives you an advantage. So it makes you faster and it makes you smarter. Mm. Those are the two big advantages. And the reason you have to do this as an entrepreneur is that if you're racing against someone and they have on super speed boots and you don't, you're never going to win. You will never catch up. You'll just get further and further behind. We can see this when you think about a mathematician who goes, I don't use calculators mm. or an accountant who goes, I don't do spreadsheets. Right. Or a writer who says, I don't use computers. I do everything by hand. Yeah. That's the same skill, but slower. That's all it is. Technology makes us faster. So that's what's really important is to see these tools in that way. AI does not replace you. Okay. 
those magic boots to make you run faster, they don't run on their own. So it's only your specialized knowledge and skill set combined with the AI's generalized knowledge and skill set. That's where the superpower comes together. So it raises the floor. Like it makes everyone a two out of 10 in every skill. But now if you were a seven, now you're a nine. That's what's really cool. So it really helps the people at the bottom and the people at the top the most in every skill area. I love that. I love that. And I'm so excited because, you know, I share the same philosophy. We have, well, you you answered it already, but, you know, we, we're receiving a lot of messages on Instagram and, and I just want to read it again. Maybe you can hone in on that. This is from Taya. Um, my, the summary of, of her question is the replacement of human workers by AI. What's your um, share on this, my friend? Although you did start and answer that point already. So I have a philosophy, which is that if they tell you we're replacing the entire workforce with robots, become the robot repairman. Oh, yeah. So some jobs will disappear. It always happens. But it doesn't mean there's no replacement job because there's always something else. So there are a lot of jobs that don't exist. There are no longer beeper salesmen. Doesn't exist. <laughs> beeper repairman doesn't exist. When I was in high school, there used to be this amazing television that would, uh, television commercial teach you to upskill. And one of the things they would teach you to start your own business was VCR repair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That job no longer exists, right. but that same person can now do DVD repair. And then they now do Blu-ray repair. And then they'll probably do, I don't know, PlayStation 5 repair or whatever's next. So it's not that jobs get erased and then there's nothing left, right? It's not decrease the size of the workforce. It just means that the t job title will change. Yeah. And the danger, and this is very important, is not that people will be replaced by AI. That's not what people in older people are afraid of. Older people are afraid of someone younger who knows AI replacing them because that's the danger. So that's really the difference. It's very important to understand right. the odds of us fully handing a job over to an AI. It's so slim. Let me give you an example. A lot of big companies, the first thing they want to do is replace customer service with an AI chatbot. Yeah. Every time I have a conversation with them, I say, okay, will you give your chatbot the authority to make refunds? They always say no. Nobody would ever do that, right? right. I say, well, in that case, that's not a customer support chatbot because it doesn't have the authority to do... <laughs> Because what, what happens when you call customer support? What's the thing you're most likely to want? That refund. So that means every single person who got a broken part needs you to send out a new one. You don't trust the bot with your money, but you trust the bot with my money. That's why I ask people all the time. I ask the same person, I go, how many times have you had a positive experience with someone else's customer chatbot? No one ever says yes, because no one has. In the history of the world, nobody has had a good experience with someone else's customer support chatbot. So yeah. why would you use a tool that's universally reviled? People are already mad. Mm. When someone calls you and wants a refund, if they can't get through to you, what do they do? A chargeback. You get enough chargebacks, you are no longer allowed to take that credit card. I know people who can't take American Express or can't take Visa yeah. because they got too many chargebacks. So actually, if enough customers get upset because of your AI chatbot, you can go out of business because you're not allowed to take money anymore. People now have to pay you with crypto or bring cash in an envelope. You're not going to last very long in the modern world. So- you could actually backfire just because you try to actually replace people. So it's not about that. What you can do is use AI to help sort tickets that come in to pre-fill answers. And then your support person reads each one. 
that's where you can really accelerate. So when you do it correctly, you can do amazing things and your workers now become more efficient. In fact, one of my clients even said to all of his workers, he said, I, if you learn AI and become more efficient, I will give you a commensurate raise. If you double your productivity, I will double your salary. If you increase your productivity 10%, and that's reasonable, right? Because you're getting the benefit. You're getting 1.1 workers out of them. Why not pay them the salary of 1.1 workers? Brilliant. Love that. Love that. And I'm learning a lot. That, that's a, uh, you know, that's a very straightforward, easy to digest explanation. I love that. Um, another question from Jilly from Instagram. Any tips to start a business using AI? Like basic, I'm assuming it's a startup business, my friend. Your take on this. AI is great for idea testing. My favorite thing about AI is the speed. And where this comes in invitation is that you can test an idea faster. The reason most people fail online is they spend too long on an idea or not long enough. They start testing something, then they jump to the next idea, they jump to the next idea, they jump to the next idea. That's chasing the shiny object. The other way of failing is all of your friends say that business will never work, but you stick with it because we've all heard the story about the one billionaire who stuck with an idea through thick and thin. They're the exception to the rule, right? right. That's the danger is that you become emotionally invested. When you become emotionally invested in your, your project, now you're sticking with it, not because you think it's going to win, but because you don't want to admit you wasted however much time you've already invested. You don't want to say, oh, I wasted three months on this project. So you work another three months. Now you don't want to say, I wasted six months. So you work another three months. Suddenly you've worked on something for a year that nine months ago you knew wasn't working. And each day you work on a dead end project puts more pressure on you to say, I can't, I wasted more time. So I can't say I wasted that time because it's your ego. You don't want to admit you made a huge mistake. That's very dangerous. By shortening the idea testing cycle, you can now test an idea. A simple example is before, it took me six weeks to generate, to create a coloring book. Now I can do it in about two hours from A to Z. If I make a coloring book in two hours that stinks, I don't care. Right? It doesn't, but if I spend six weeks on one and it stinks, that feels bad, right? Now I'm like, I got to fix this yet. And that's what pulls me in is that it's called the sunk cost fallacy. So in the same way, the fact that we can now try an idea faster. So you can do market research with AI. You can say, here's my idea. ChatGPT, how can I test if it's a good idea? And it will help you develop a process to see, is this a viable idea or is this a bad idea? That's the secret. And here's something important to understand about every millionaire and every billionaire on the planet. Most successful people have one to two good ideas per year. That means every year I have two good ideas and the stack of ideas I have, and I don't know which two are the good ideas, so the faster you can test ideas the more and reject them, the more likely you are to find the winner. This puts you in a very strong position. That's the beauty of being a newer entrepreneur is that you can your first idea is probably not going to work. Right. My first idea sure didn't. My first really great idea came year seven. So Same here. It happens. <laughs> so, But now by shortening the idea testing cycle, you can launch and run multiple tests at the same time. So that allows you to do a lot more, a lot faster and try a lot of different ideas and see which one starts making money. And you go, okay, that one's working a little bit. I'm going to see if I can grow it. Ooh, love that. Love that. Here's a, a, a question from me that is connected to, uh, I see a message here from Instagram. Um, which is better, chat GPT or Gemini, you know, the uh, Bard before? So 
The answer will change all the time. I haven't tested Google Gemini enough to give you an answer. What I do know is that when they first announced Gemini uh, a couple of weeks ago, maybe even like two months ago, they posted a video of how it was better than ChatGPT. Yeah. And I said, there's something's not right here. I don't trust something where they post a video and I can't test it yet. And I was right. They'd fake the video. Well, really? So, yeah. Wow. Well, it depends on your definition of fake. They had edited, let's just say they'd edited the video to remove all the waiting, which is the most important part, seeing how long it takes a prop to respond. Oh, yeah. So that's a big deal. Now, Google's gotten in trouble a couple of times. The reason Google's market share is bad for AI is that the very first time they tested on stage, they made their announcement shortly after ChatGPT, they asked it a question about a telescope and it got the answer wrong live in front of everyone okay it was just like when elon musk goes this window is bulletproof throws a rock at it and the window shatters and he goes okay that will never happen again and then i cannot believe it he shattered the other window right the only thing he could have done worse was ask a second question the ai got it wrong now chat gets stuff wrong all the time but it didn't get something wrong on stage that's the difference so i don't know it will change. It will modify all the time. So the really the, the correct answer is the best AI is the one that works best for you. Exactly. So that's really what matters. Whichever, you should try them all and go, this one makes sense to me. This one doesn't. Then use the one that makes sense. Even if I say, oh, it's not as good. If it's good for you, then use it. Because it's really about you combined with the AI that was what works. Wow. There is like three types of messages connected to that. And I share the same question. <laughs> I don't know, but thank you. Thank you for sharing that knowledge. Thank you for dropping knowledge bomb after knowledge bomb. My friend, I learn a lot. It's like straightforward, quick to consume, very easy to understand. Thank you. Thank you so much. But we are not done yet, my friend. We are now in the part where we will play a game. This is a tradition here in the show. It's our 300 plus episodes. We call this the creative fast talk. How this game works, I'm going to ask you questions or give you statements and you're not allowed to spend much time thinking what the right answer would be. First word that comes into your mind, boom. Ready? All right. Okay. Number one, sun or snow? Sun. Structured or chaotic? Chaotic. Love or money? Love. Well, let me just go back to uh, structured and chaotic. I was expecting that you would say structured because you're dealing with, you know, AI, data, and everything. It should be all organized. <laughs> why, why chaotic? <laughs> oh, because I want to be surprised. So the reason my wife is very different for me. She's from a different country, speaks a different native language, has a completely different life experience. I never know what she's going to say. That means every day something interesting is going to happen. Why? Why? If you live in a world where you always know what's going to happen, right? You do the same thing over and over again every day. That's just the definition of boring. Ooh, there you go again. That's that's a clip buster, right? <laughs> Thank you. Next, um, Jonathan, if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Bear. Harry. I'm very hairy. <laughs> all right, all right. Popcorn and movies or dinner and dancing? My wife hates dancing. I put on a romantic song for her the other week that someone sent me. He goes, someone singing a song. He's an opera singer. He goes, friend of mine, he says, 
play this song and go dancing with your wife. I go, this is not going to go well. I put this song on and my wife goes, what is this, funeral music? <laughs> she goes, are you telling me you're dying? It's a love song. <laughs> and she does not like dancing with me. So these we watch a lot of movies together. So earlier in my life, I would have chosen dancing for sure, but those days are behind me. That's the way it is. We just do movies and we, my kids love popcorn. We have a popcorn machine here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next. Are you a passenger or are you a driver? Driver. Mountains or the beaches? Beach. What are you afraid of, Jonathan? Um, oh, sure. Uh, I'm afraid of dying before my kids get married. I'm afraid of some stepdad rolling in and walking my daughters down the aisle. That was like so fast forward thinking. Love that. Love that. All right. Okay. Next. What is your dream superpower and why? So your dream superpower changes as you get older, right? Like when you're younger, all you want to do is have the powers of an adult and be able to tell your parents what to do. Then you start to have fantasies about being in charge of your boss and getting revenge at at my age, I mean, really, at first you think about immortality, but then you're just going to watch all of your friends and your kids slowly die and you never get older. So it becomes depressing. It's like that Queen song, who wants to live forever, exactly. right? So at this stage in my life, all I would really want is the ability to tell the future and affect it. Ooh, wow. Love that. This last question may lead to something serious, depending on how you take it. All right. If you have the power to bring back someone back from the dead, who would it be? and why, or you will decide not to use that power at all. The floor is yours. Sure, it'll be my best friend from high school, Michael, who died in a car accident when I was 17. Ooh. Easy, I would bring him back in a second. Love that, love. I'm sure he is so proud of you and he loves you so much, my friend. Well, there you have it, guys. Jonathan Green, our amazing guest, sharing knowledge after knowledge about AI straightforward, one of the easiest explanation we've got on the show. I love it. I, I learned a lot. And based on our listeners and viewers connects from Instagram and TikTok, they learn a lot as well. Thank you. And he, you know, he gave us weird answers <laughs> on in the game. <laughs> but good, good. Thank you. Um Jonathan, I know you have a lot projects, social medias, events, business promotions. I know you have a lot. Feel free to promote. The floor is yours, my friend. Sure. The best place to find me is search Serve No Master on every single social media platform on every search engine. Every result is me. And if you go to servenomaster.com forward slash gift, I will give you a free copy of my bestseller. And you can go to Amazon and buy it for 25 bucks. But because you guys have been awesome, because I've had so much fun here, I will give it to you absolutely free. You can download it instantly. And it will really shortcut and help you master ChatGPT in just one day. Wow, there you have it, guys. For everyone listening and watching Instagram, TikTok, please click the link. We will include that in the description and you will get Jonathan's book for free. Now, that is a blessing. So, guys, if you want to really know more about AI, visit the, the link in the description on this episode and you can get it for free. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. I learned a lot and, you know, I'm a fan. You're very humble. You're full of wisdom and you're very friendly. Thank you so much for being here with us on the show. Thank you for being with us here on the Creative Talk Podcast. I'm your host, John Santos. Don't forget to listen and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. See you again 
always.